So, what does Judaism say about where we discuss all kinds of interesting life topics and how they relate to Judaism? I'm Rabbi Rick Fox. With me, as always, is the colloquial Rabbi Mayor Beer. Rabbi Beer, how you doing? Fantastic. What does Judaism say about the Holy Sabbath? Shabbos. All right, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Big subject. I would imagine it says quite a lot since it's really the backbone, probably the entire infrastructure of the faith. But, uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, certainly there is. Um, when we come to Shabbos, we have the restrictions of Shabbos, what we should not do on Shabbos. But before we get to the restrictions, we should start with the positive of Shabbos. In fact, this goes, this is found directly in the text of the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments appear twice in the Chumash, in the book of Exodus, in Parshas Yisro, and in the book of Deuteronomy, in Parshas Veschanan. And there are differences in the text. Does that mean that there were two sets of Ten Commandments? There were not. Certainly not. Of, there were not two sets of Ten Commandments. <laughs> Take the, these 15. <laughs> 10 <know>? Commandments. <laughs> All right, we'll compromise. You don't want 20? 15. No, 10? Okay, 10. It's 10. Yeah, no, it does not mean that. Um, and, and this idea of there being differences is something which can have its own podcast, which in a larger theme is that the book of, the last book of the Chumash, the fifth book, most obviously seen in the differences in writing in the Ten Commandments, is written in a different style in certain ways than the rest of the Chumash. Separate discussion for a different time, but an interesting topic. In any case, what's relevant to us is that in one place, the Torah writes, Zachar, remember, Yom HaShabbos, do something proactive, positive, a mitzvah to say, positive commandment, an action mitzvah, and in another case it says, Shamar, guard, be vigilant that things don't happen. So there's the positive of Shabbos, and there is the restrictions of Shabbos. Not that those are negative, per se, they provide a framework, which we'll discuss. Right. Yeah, so this is actually, the you know, just a, a, a side question, which is stronger in the Torah? The positive or the command, or the negative? Like, which one is more force? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they, I know the answer to that. I would, I would assume the negative would have more force. So the negative has stronger repercussions. But Nachmanides points out, there's a principle in the Torah, do not try this at home, that when you have a one positive commandment and one negative commandment that are on a collision course, and you can only do one of the two, you can either refrain from the negative or do the positive, you do the positive. Ah, the, the idea of asay doichelosasi. Yes, say an action mitzvah, which people call positive, but it's, it's kind of a poor translation, pushes aside a do not do mitzvah, a, a mitzvah which tells you to refrain from something. And the Rabban writes, because something you do for God shows your love for God. Something that you refrain from doing is has a certain connotation of, of yira, of, of fear or awe. And the love is stronger than the yira, than the fear. So therefore, the, when... when you have to pick one of the two when you the two things can't both be done simultaneously. You do the positive, you do the proactive rather than the restrictive. So for example, I think there's the most profound or obvious of these would be, you know, don't get in a car on Shabbat. Someone is dying, you get to the hospital, get in the car for Shabbat and get to the hospital because saving the person's life is an idea of Yeah, so saving life would 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 override any commandment of the Torah, but even when we have specific commandments like circumcision which would get it would collide with Shabbos, we will push aside the Shabbos to perform the circumcision. So yeah, there you know there are, there are, there are a number of examples of this, and there's you know more technical things which will go beyond the you know when that old adage of that'll be another podcast. Have, have we said that before? Yeah, I think it's getting old. 
<laughs> so let's focus on, you know, following the Ramban's, um, the Ramban's basic guideline. Let's focus on the positive and, you know, on the, the doing of the Shabbos. And then we'll focus on the restrictions of Shabbos and what they are and where they come from. So I think we, we can divide this into two podcasts, but instead of a to be named later, you know, from the, the baseball trading season, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get them out both, hopefully. So the positive of Shabbos. We'll start with the Medrash. The Medrash writes that when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, he said, I'm going to give you something very special if the Torah is observed. And what is that? That is the world to come. And the Jewish people said back, show us an example of what the world to come is in this world. And the answer to that, God said, is the Shabbos. The world to come is a world that is completely Shabbos, but there's a, a, a certain, a, a, like a feel of Shabbos, I'm sorry, a feel of the world to come in the Shabbos. It's an expression, there's a song which is uh, people sing on Shabbos, that Shabbos is me'ein olam haba, yom Shabbos menucha. Shabbos is me'ein, is, is, is like a, bears a resemblance to the world to come, this day of Shabbos of menucha, of rest. Or right. if you have a better translation of the word menucha. Well, the idea of a day of rest is fascinating, and I think that that, would, that ties more into things that we, let's call things that we do not do on the Sabbath. But, uh, you know, the, the word Shabbat itself means to rest. Uh, really, if you want to use an English word, I think it would m- more align with the word arrest, A-R-E-S-T, meaning to stop something in the middle of it. So the analogy that I like to talk about these two ideas of what manucha is, that kind of rest, versus Shabbos, which is another type of rest, and we are trying to do both on Shabbat a little bit, but the idea, I guess, would be most similar to what we're trying to accomplish, which is basically a, a freeze-frame pause in our lives before we re-enter into the next week of productivity. I like to think about it like you're watching a basketball game, and you know you see LeBron James go up for that jump shot, and you press pause, <laughs> and now the ball is in midair. That ball in midair, that ball in midair there is like Shabbos. It is totally resting, but it's traveling. It's going somewhere. There is a destination. As opposed to Manucha, I think more about, you know, before the game begins, the ball on the side, on the side of the court deflated on the ground is more of a Manucha type of rest. It's resting. It's, it's like when you plop into a, an easy chair, into a beanbag, that's like Manucha. And then when you're uh, possibly pausing the middle of an activity to reassess something would be more of Shabbos type of an arrest. Okay, so yeah, this is this is a some some you know definitions which will get us going on this uh, on, on this little um, you know journey that we'll take now in this in this podcast. And, and I think it's it's critical because we want to understand. Well, well, Rabbi, for me, rest means playing golf and watching TV. Right, that's very nice example of menucha, maybe things that are relaxing for you, but it's not going to get us that pause that Shabbos demands for us to have that positive aspect of what am I doing with my life that is so critical to our success. Sure, yeah. So this idea, the Medrash writes as a question. The Medrash says it's a wonder. God did not create the world with sweating. He didn't, you know, toil in the creation. This is, you know, as little as we can understand of God. It was something that God willed into existence. Is, you know, he didn't he didn't have a you know a sweatband around his head, you know, to catch the sweat that was pouring off of uh, of, of of the top of his of the top of his head, and yet the Torah writes that God rested. What what does what does this mean? God rested, and once we understand what this rest is, we can then understand what the concept of Shabbos is. So, we'll just just plunge straight into the pool. The concept of God resting, which we'll talk about more, is the fact that God rested from the physical creation of the world in the sense that the physical world is a place in which there is less of an overt presence of God. So essentially what that means is 
God brings, it brought a certain element of spirituality into the world on Shabbos. So the Menucha of Shabbos, as you explain the different types of rest, is more of a, a, a state where the creation of the physical world was put on hold so that there would be an element of spirituality that would go into the world. So Shabbos is like the world to come in this analogy, in the sense that there's an added dimension of spirituality into the world. Now we know, and this is a point which I want to get to right away, that on Shabbos we indulge in more physical pleasure. We wear nice clothing, we eat our finest foods, we, we try to have a clean house, you know, we, try to, we try to create a place of physical pleasure and, and, and beauty and a place that's just pleasant. We also sleep better. There's a tremendous opportunity and mitzvah to be together intimately with the husband and wife on Shabbat. That's more so than it's very physically engaged. Right. So, so clearly, what we're going for here is not a place where disengaging from sensual, the sensual part of the physical world, but it's more the creative and the productive part of the world. And we'll get to all this. So, we're going to a zone which is focused on the spiritual, and to enhance the spiritual, we indulge more, which is a very unique and beautiful idea, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, the very basic idea of there being six days of work and then the seventh day. What was the creation of Menucha, of rest, so to speak? So uh, the, the idea of this spiritual time is perspective. God created different elements of the physical world during the first six days of creation. The seventh day is a day where the world now has this element where you can take stock of the world. You can understand the world. You can have a perspective on the world you live in. So you're hustling, you're, you're, you're working, you're meeting deadlines, you're, you're finishing goals, and then on Shabbos you stop and you're seeing what it's all about. So I, I love that idea, and I think that there's a real powerful parable that I think particularly Penn students can relate to, which is their careers. You spend your career as sort of an analyst. You know, you'll go in to be an analyst at a JP Morgan, to be an analyst in iBanking, to be an analyst in the side of consulting, and you report to someone called the CEO, right? Now, the analyst is, like you're saying, hitting deadlines, working, sweating, 80 hours a week, this and that other thing. And then there's the CEO who's really paid a lot of money to make very few but very important decisions that determine the entire, let's call it, life force of that company so that the analyst knows what he's then doing the rest of the week. So the, the way that I think about it is we're, we're, we're all CEOs of our lives. It's very important to have that perspective. You are in total and absolute control of the decision-making in your lives. And those decisions should be concretized and thought about on Shabbat from that 30,000 of a perspective as you're the CEO. And once Shabbat ends and you go back after Havdalah into the week, you're now executing that plan as an analyst, as the banker, as the consultant to make sure you're hitting those deadlines and achieving the goals that you've set up for yourself. And it's those it's the ping pong effect of six days being totally in it and the seventh day of coming back to be the CEO again. So, right. So to take your analogy you know, to kind of translate that into the into what the Shabbos is, into the reality of Shabbos, is we want to have spirituality in everything we're doing. So we're not going to take the Shabbos to, to look at our deadlines and make sure that our work was done well, but we're actually going to take a larger perspective of why are we working. Exactly. Beautiful. You know, what is the point of the career that I have during these six days? The, the There's actually like a, a geometrical representation in the number seven. The Maral says that there are six dimensions. There are six, well, not dimensions is the wrong word, but there are six directions that a person can travel in. You can go the four points of the compass and then you go up and down. There's six sides of a cube. In a three-dimensional existence, there are six ways that you can travel. The seventh is the center, is the perspective on all those 
places that you can go, so to speak. It represents the physical world, but the idea of, of why I'm going there, where is this going, what's going to be the result of that action is something that we have from having this me'en olam haba, this, this spiritual element of the week, which is the Shabbos. And we enhance and make pleasant that day through physical pleasure. Absolutely. It's like you have you could have two books all six-sided. What makes them unique, what makes them the book itself is the content of that right. book. What's the content of your life? That content will then influence the physical existence therein. So the, the, the idea of rest. So we mentioned this language that the Medrash says that like, did God rest? He didn't toil or sweat or, or perspire to create the world. So the idea of this rest of God uh, is, is there's a, a, an essay from the, uh, the Beis Halevi, Rabbi Yosef Dov Salavechuk, who was a co-dean of the Valajin Yeshiva with the Nitziv, uh, and he has a piece which I think really just, to me, always just like brought this idea, you know, home. And he writes that the, you know, the, the Torah writes that God stopped working on the seventh day. Rashi explains, or quotes a Medrash, which says that God saw the world was missing something, it was missing rest. So God inserted menucha, this rest, into the world. What does that mean? The world was in a state of flux during the seven, six days of creation. There's constantly new forces of nature and reality being added to the physical universe. On the seventh day, that stopped. The world is now in the structure that it should be for man to exist in. Now man can take this universe and do with it. What ultimately man's goal should be is to have spiritual goals, to have a perspective on what he's doing. So... Mirroring this, we take the six days of the week and we're building and creating. On the seventh day, we have perspective. We're like the Superman in the sense that we're now the, you know, accomplishing the ultimate mission of man to see what it is that man should have as his goals. So the world, once again, so once again, the rest of God is not a rest from sweat, from toil, but is a rest from that creative process of fashioning a world for man to go into. Now man is going to see why the world is here, is going to discover God through his struggles. So we mirror that and try to find that spiritual element of the world on the seventh day. And just to emphasize again, we do this with pleasure. The idea of pleasure is something which makes it a uniquely Jewish experience. The Talmud writes, uh, this is uh, tracted Beitza, page uh, 16a, that a person gets a nishami yaseira, an additional soul, on the Shabbos. And this is something which was like a private gift that God gave to the Jewish people. If this wasn't this wasn't publicized. And why does a person get an extra soul on Shabbos? Rashi's, well, just, just going on what we're saying, the extra soul, I would imagine, is for that soul to have extra delight. You can you can accomplish more, you can feel more, you can sense more, you can just and, and your life will be more full because if the soul is what life is about, then that extra soul will mean life is extra special, extra pleasurable. Exactly. Rashi says, and I'll quote the Rashi, it is rochav levi, widening of the heart, uh, for rest and pleasure, and that the heart is open, and you can eat and drink, and your soul will not be disgusted from the extra physical pleasure. Essentially, the extra soul allows you to enjoy physical pleasure more. When you have more perspective and more ability to analyze, it, it heightens your senses and you can have more physical pleasure. The idea, which is something which is very, very sacred and central to Judaism, that a person with a healthy and, and well-developed spiritual sense can enjoy this world more 
from knowing how to travel this world is something which is not only symbolized with the Shabbos, but there's this like spiritual reality that you get an extra soul to be able to do that. So now you have perspective. Why am I enjoying? What am I trying to accomplish with this food? Am I just trying to become a glutton? Or I'm going to use these you know, sensory you know, experiences which are positive to boost my ability to have focus and, and, and enjoy whatever it is that I really want to enjoy. Yeah, and, and, and that really embodies us to understand what's so unique about the timing of Shabbat. You can take the day off on Tuesday. You can have a Thanksgiving meal on third, the third, the fourth Thursday of, of the month of November. But it's never going to have that spiritual reality that is Im, Im, imbued on the Shabbat from the spiritual world from God as a gift that gives you that extra soul. And, and anyone that's experienced a real powerful Shabbat meal knows those conversations are different. That food does taste different. That wine is more palpable, more beautiful. If you're tuned into it, you, you know it's not just a Tuesday. There's something happening there in the spiritual realm that does elevate everything and take it to the next level. Everybody would, would feel that on some level. Yeah, so this idea, I'm going to take your step, your, your idea, and, and just bring this to the whole week. So you have this heightened you know, experience, this heightened spiritual day, where we're, we're, we're resting, so to speak, from the, you know, the, the creation of the physical world and now adding in the spiritual dimension of perspective. What you hope to get out of the Shabbos is not just a day that you look forward to, but a different week after the Shabbos. And uh, the lead up into the Shabbos is something which should connect to the before and the after of the Shabbos. I'm looking forward to the upcoming Shabbos, and I have this additional perspective and energy that I got from the previous Shabbos. The Ravadi Svarno, in his commentary on the Chumash, writes that a person, when it says that a person should remember the Shabbos, part of that remembering of the Shabbos is something that should carry into the whole week. You should Organize your week so that the Shabbos can be there properly. You should get a a, a you should have a a um, like create an energy, create a a desire for the Shabbos to come, and also take what you've gained from that Shabbos and put that into your next week. So that perspective, so to speak, that center of the cube is now actually spreading out while you're traveling, and that menucha, that tranquility, that like spiritual hypersensitivity hypersensitivity that you had on the Shabbos is going to have an effect on your entire week. It's like a power booster that can then, you know, it's an energy pack that you're taking with you for the rest of the week that can elevate things. That, and by the way, I'm guessing by the time you get back back to next Shabbos, that next Shabbos can be even better as well. And on and on and on and on and on, which is really an amazing thing to think about. So something for us all to take in and, and really sort of rest on is how powerful the positive aspects of Shabbat can be. <laughs> 